Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. Well, hello and welcome to this week's edition of Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. As regular listeners already know, we have three basic recurring themes on our program. One, life does not have to be all downhill once we reach 40. Indeed, every one of us has potential to enjoy the most joyful and productive time of our lives in the years to come. Two, past failures, challenges, deprivations, and hardships in no way predetermine similar failures or disappointments in the future. And three, each one of us needs to take primary responsibility uh, for writing our life story, defining our future, and moving forward in pursuit of our dreams. And sadly, so many of us spend our middle years sleepwalking through life, regretting past mistakes, following familiar pathways, lacking the energy, vision, and enthusiasm to venture into something new, even though we are less than fully satisfied with where we are today. And in my book, I encourage you to wake up to life. And my guest today, Nancy Soleri, calls it living full out. And if you think you've got too many obstacles to overcome, listen to Nancy's story. She was diagnosed at age 16 with retinitis pigmentosa, an eye disease that has progressed over the years until she now is legally blind. And not only that, Nancy Solari, as a child, witnessed domestic violence. She was sexually harassed in the music industry, underwent five miscarriages, battled suicide, and experienced infidelity. But guess what? She's overcome all those horrendous setbacks and now inspires others to overcome their own life's disappointments and strive for their goals. And here's Nancy Solari's bio. She's founder and CEO of Living Full Out, a company she founded in 2008. She's a certified life and business coach, renowned public speaker, and author of inspirational books, She's host of the weekly Living Full Out show, where Nancy speaks to listeners who call in seeking advice on how they can become resourceful in managing difficult or tragic situations. And she has prior careers in TV uh, show production as a professional singer and as a highly successful real estate agent in Southern California. And hello, Nancy Solari. We are indeed honored to have you here today as a guest on Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Well, to begin, can you please describe for us your experience with retinitis uh, pigmentosa? I can't even begin to imagine being told at age 16 that my vision would progressively deteriorate and I'd be legally blind at age 40. What inspired you at such a young age to strive for greatness and establish ambitious life goals rather than uh, resenting fate and retreating in misery to a life as a handicapped person? What, what inspired you? Well, you know, there's th- th- thank you for all that introduction. You know, it, it's 
it's wild. I remember when we were diagnosed, and I was diagnosed at 16, and my two older sisters, we all three have retinitis pigmentosa. And my mom was a single mom at the time, so Hmm. that was devastating for our family. And on top of that, they told us on Thanksgiving of the year that they told us, so it was just a (laughs) double punch. But, But the thing is, is, you know, I, I did kind of go into to denial for just a little bit. I, I couldn't mm. even wrap my head around. At age is sixteen, I just started driving. I just yeah. I wanted to finish high school and go to college. But then, you know, my sister and I we kind of had a conversation, and we wanted to see things before we might not be able to. So I started to prioritize my life of things that I needed my eyes for. Mm. Um, I wanted to go to Europe and backpack through Europe. That's what my sister and I did. And we knew Mm. we needed our eyes to see the Vatican, to see Rome, to see all these things we had heard about. Um, I knew that college would be easier with my vision. Um, You know, there were a lot of things that I put forward that I knew I needed my eyes to do, even some well, of the careers I chose. What a positive to that situation and to, to prioritize like that and instead of sitting around feeling sorry for yourself. I think that was really great. Yeah, you know, you know the thing is, is sometimes it's okay to be still. Sometimes it's okay to sit. And yeah. I even think sometimes it's okay to be sad. But at the end of the day, when you're sitting and you're still and you're sad, you also have this longing, this loneliness, and then yeah. the swirling of the what if and the woulda, coulda, shouldas come into our minds. <laughs> why and me? I, why me? Exactly. <laughs> and, it, and you know, one of the things I kind of realized early on is I was like, no, no, this is not going to be my destiny. And who knows? Maybe there'll be a cure. So that's the thing that's really important to know about health conditions yeah. is you just never know what could happen. And so if you live your life in fear of, you know, a a, a diagnosis and the, the worst-case scenario, then you're going to get that worst-case life. But yeah, if, you, sure. if you say to yourself, you know what, that could happen, I could go blind, but I got a lot of years between 16 and 40, I want to make the most of them. And so I mm. went that route versus the woes me route. That's great. I was really amazed that you were a real estate agent in Southern California and you, you can no longer drive. Tell us how you got to uh, the houses you were going to show to uh, potential buyers. That's really an amazing story. Yeah, that was uh, that was wild. I, I remember the day I gave up driving and I put my keys in the, in the drawer at my desk and I was just, I just knew that I couldn't really see confidently anymore. Yeah. But here I was with this thriving real estate business and I, I couldn't just stop it. And so I, I decided to figure out the bus system. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of my clients, here I am in Los Angeles, these are multi-million dollar homes. My clients would, you know, drive BMWs and all these different luxury automobiles. So I would take a bus and I would get to the house early. I would turn on all the lights, make it as bright as I could for me, memorize every step, really get to know the house. I mean, sometimes I would be there an hour early before the showing. And Mm -hmm. then I would do the showing and it would go over well. And then I would wait until my clients would take off in their car. And then I would walk back to the bus. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times I would do multiple showings in a day so I would show anywhere between well, I would be on anywhere between two to twelve buses in a day. Yeah, showing the bus property. service in Southern California, as I recall, isn't the greatest either. <laughs> <laughs> so 
a lot of connections, a lot of buses that break down, and yeah, it, it, it was it was something. And um, you know, the the extra bonus funny story on top of that one would be on days that I had my open houses, I would be on the bus with like six <laughs> open house signs, oh, wow. flags, you name it, yeah. and I'm pretty sure the people on the bus were, huh, why is that realtor? <laughs> taking the bus, but little did they know that I was legally blind, and it's what I had to do. Well, I was fascinated by audio recordings on your website, livingfullout.com. You indicate in establishing romantic or business relationships, there are certain advantages to lack of sight, not being able to see the face of a uh, truly a blind date, I guess you'd say. How were you able to get to know and form an impression of folks you were meeting for the first time? And as you get to know folks better, do your early impressions usually prove to be accurate? You know, absolutely. It, it's so interesting. That's been the most fascinating part of this journey with losing my eyesight is, mm-hmm. you know, on one hand, in a, in a comedic way, I always tell my friends, family, and so forth, you know, in my eyes, or lack of eyes, you'll never have gray hair, you'll never have <laughs> wrinkles, right? There's bonuses there. But on but on the other side, when you lose one sense, all the other senses kick in. Oh, so yeah. I really put together what I think someone is like based upon their voice, mm. uh, based upon their smell, based mm. upon their touch. And, I, you know, you can just feel somebody's warm heart, but you can also feel when somebody is kind of being distant yeah. or maybe they're not as open. And so it's really led me to have more heartfelt relationships. And it's kind of interesting, too, because the people that, that meet me for the first time, you know, a lot of times they say, well, you're looking right at me. And I tell them, well, I can't see well, but I, I can see like maybe a dark blotch. I'm pretty mm. sure that's their hair. Sometimes I can see these like dark circles. That's their mm. eye sockets. Yeah. A lot of times the nose and the mouth all kind of blend together. Yeah. And so I, my training in broadcasting helped me to really just kind of listen to the voice and look in that direction. So it's just kind of funny because a lot of people, they don't know I can't see until I tell them. Well, that's great. Well, let's to begin, uh, give us a definition of your term, living fallout. I'd like to uh, turn to the challenges so many of us face at middle age. What does the term living fallout mean and uh, what is it like to uh, live full out, and what are some of the benefits that you receive from doing so? Well, what it means to live full out is to have balance in your life. So, you know, if you're putting too much time into your career, then a lot of times your personal life may not be as strong. Or maybe you're hanging out with your friends all the time, or you're hanging out with your kids or whatever that is, but, you know, you have all these I-wish-I-had career ambitions, right? And so what we try to do is help people kind of balance out their life, considering it like a pie. If you were to take a pie, you would make slices out of it. So one slice should be career, one should be relationships, one should be passions and hobbies and, and so forth. And that's our goal is to help, you know, people connect the dots from, having a wish, a dream, an ambition, to figuring out how do I make it happen. Oh, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Well, on your website, you tell us that living uh, full out 
uh, mindset is based on 13 elements, and we don't have time to go over all 13, but perhaps we can identify and highlight a few. Uh, how about purpose? What is this element, and how does it contribute? Well, purpose is really important. I don't care if you're age 10 or you're 90, right? Purpose is important, but purpose is a sneaky one because purpose doesn't have to be having a business. It doesn't have to be having a family. You just have to get out of bed every day and know that you're bringing meaning to another person's life. And so that can be being a good neighbor. That can be being a good coworker. And it's so crucial that you mention another person benefiting because I don't think anyone can be uh, really live full out just living for themselves. You really have to help somebody else in the process. Well, and and that's the thing when we talk about middle age. You know, sometimes we get comfortable at home, right? We get stuck in our own routines. Uh, You know, we might need to you know follow certain habits or schedules. But what I have found is. If I can touch the life of one person each day, even if that means that I just call someone up and say I'm thinking about them or send them a text saying I'm proud of you for X, Y, Z reason, you know, that is purpose. When that person gets that message, that text, you've just highlighted their day. You've put light in their world. And we can do that, and that has nothing to do with what we do for a living. That has nothing to do with how much money we have in our bank account. Well, the next element you uh, include is tenacity, and by this I assume you don't mean we uh, doggedly continue on a narrow path to a goal that uh, is no longer realistic because circumstances have changed. Uh, Shouldn't we modify our goal or change tactics if the present ones aren't working? Uh, Can we still um, have tenacity and, and change like that, or how does that work? Well, absolutely. You nailed it. I mean, kind of the the joke of life is, <laughs> the joke is that it's 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 a game. It's a quest. And when you when you go one direction and something isn't working, you have to switch it up. Yeah. And the beauty of life is that it's full of color. And this is funny from someone who's visually impaired and I can't see colors, but I yeah. know it's full of color, right? Yeah. So let's say that you want to, you know, work out or lose some weight, right? Yeah. There's different ways to get there. So you might think you have to go to the gym. Everybody gets a gym membership. But yeah. maybe that isn't the way. Maybe you could just lose that same weight by being out in nature walking. Or maybe it's it's just taking the stairs at work instead of the elevator. You know, little subtle changes. So and if you hate going to the gym, in other words, you don't have to do it that way. You can go no, out for a beautiful walk in the woods or whatever exactly, <laughs> and reach exactly. the same goals. Well, one other uh, interesting element that I, li- I really like the uh, element, blow away limits. You know, so many of us place artificial limits upon uh, ourselves, maybe based on what a parent or teacher told us or we couldn't do when we were little kids. And I'm certain being blind, you've had many well-meaning folks tell you that you couldn't do this or that. But uh, any suggestions on how to blow away these limits so that, uh, that that have been holding us back for so long? I know that's a problem for a lot of people in the middle age. It uh, 
you know, blowing well, away ab- limits? Well, absolutely. You know, one of the things that I think is important is to take inventory of our own expectations uh-huh. and other people's expectations. And I encourage everybody to make a list. Write it down. What are your own expectations that you have for your life going forward and where you feel it should be today? And also write down, think of the people in your life and what expectations do you feel that they have for you? Yeah. And what you want to do is you want to consider all of those and you want to blow them away. So if Ugh. someone says that you should have a certain life and in their eyes that is the meaning of success, but you, but it's not really jiving with you, then yeah. you want to blow away the limit by being successful in a different way. Do you oh, see what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, I can see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> One final question on your program. Uh, during your coaching sessions, or on that and during the coaching sessions, you interview um, folks from all walks of life. For inspiration, can you describe at least one individual who has overcome a major challenge to live full out? How did he or she do it? I know you overcame that, but uh, can you give us maybe another example of something? You know, there are actually so many guests. Um, In fact, I'm going to tell you about a couple of them, but I won't go into, like, names and stuff because I just want to give you some quick examples. One example is we had a lady who lost her two-week-old son, her five-year-old daughter, and her husband all in a tragic car accident. Oh, horrible. And she had every reason to give up in the world. And, in fact, she gained a lot of weight because it was her way of dealing with the pain. She went on to be a participant on The Biggest Loser. It was a TV show on NBC, (laughs) of all things. She ended up losing the weight. She ended up getting married again, and one of the insights that she gave me is when she got married, everybody kept saying to her, are you going to have kids? And she said, I had great kids. Mm. And she taught me that a family doesn't have to be kids and the whole package deal. She said, my husband and I, we are a family. Mm, That's wonderful. And and I'll share one last one with you. Uh, we, We actually had a gentleman on our show um, who had worked for a long time to be a, a, a musician, a singer, an artist. He oh. finally got his winning moment. And as he was, after doing the music video, he watched it back, and he was like, who's that overweight guy? <laughs> All of a sudden, he was up to 450 pounds. Oh, wow. And he vowed that he needed to lose that weight. Like he did, he didn't want to get to the pinnacle of his career and all of a sudden be this large person he didn't recognize. And yeah. you know what? He started walking. He oh. walked five miles a day, but it didn't start that way. It started just walking around the block, and then yeah. it was two blocks, and it was three blocks. And the other thing is, he got resourceful. He ended up shopping at the 99 cent store, a, a thrift store, and that's where he would get all of his produce, all of his cans of tuna. Oh. And the, believe it or not, within 18 months, he lost over 200 pounds. Wow, that's And it really was just impressive. an awakening. He woke up and he said, listen, I want better for my life. And he was actually on our TV show, and he brought his pants. They were 52 <laughs> inches, his pants. <laughs> Wow. And now he was down to 33 inches. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, before we before we go, can you briefly describe some of the products and services you offer through your website, livingfullout.com, and uh, how would a listener go about ordering them? 
Absolutely. So livingfullout.com is kind of the main hub. And when you go there, we have really built this company because everybody learns differently. So if you're an auditorial learner, then we have videos, we have audios, we Mm. have a lot of different things to, to allow you to get motivated and to get educated. But if you are someone who enjoys reading, then we have our blog. We have uh, books that you can buy on you know, you know, how to be a better business owner, how to become a public speaker, how to manage stress, how to um, you know, uh, manage or, or thrive even though you have a health condition or a disability. Yeah. There's a lot of different products on there. And I do invite you all to go onto our social media too, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, oh. YouTube. We're on all of them. Really just because social media I think sometimes gets a bad rap when, when we talk about competing and watching what others are doing. But yeah. what we try to do is inspire you with the same inspirational stories we have on our radio show we bring to you through social media just to kind oh, of give you that extra oomph. That's great. Well, I know you offer a uh, – how does someone tune into your radio show? you do that through the website? or? Yeah, because we're spread out uh, different stations and different ways that we distribute the show, the oh, best yeah. place to go would just be livingfullout.com, um, and they can listen right there. They can listen to the live show or if we have all of our episodes there. Also, if you go to your app store, like if you have an iPhone or an Android or even Alexa, you can just search Living Full Out Radio, and we'll be there as well. Oh, I see. And you also offer 80 tips to have better communication in your relationships, increased productivity, and motivation you need for more balance in Living Full Out. Uh, they get can order that through your website as well, can't they? Actually, that is 100% free. If they yeah. go to livingfullout.com, it's right there, right on the home page, and they can get access to that for free. And yeah. honestly, this is 80 different tips for how yeah. you can bring balance into your kind life. Kind of overwhelmed so you when you start seeing all those tips. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to pay attention to every one of the 80, I guess. <laughs> no, just pick the one that applies to you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Well, uh, so after listening to Nancy's Hollary, uh, are you ready to live full out? As Nancy puts it, this means to identify your life purpose, learn how to trust your decisions, gain strategies to manage stress, develop skills to nurture relationships, create resources to achieve goals, and discover inner strength and resilience. And as you have discovered, living full out is a way of viewing the world and your place in it circumstances, goals, relationships, and possibilities with a positive mindset and a passion for experimentation. And when living full out, you will openly embrace the unknown, challenge the status quo, and seek out enriching opportunities that allow you to flourish, even if you're relatively satisfied with things the way they are. And living full out means you recognize the strength that each one of us brings to the party, you feel purpose-driven, and you wake up each morning enthusiastic over what life may bring. And I love the words on Nancy's website, you don't need sight to have vision, and unlike Nancy Solari, most of us do have our sight, but I recommend you go to Nancy's website to uh, gain your vision. And thank you so much, Nancy Solari, for joining us today, and best of success in all that you do. Thank you so much for having me, and I just wish everybody the best, and go out there and live full out and have fun. 
We'll try to do that. Thanks so much for joining us. Bye-bye for now. Well, we're in the midst of summer with all of its fun outdoor activities, family picnics, lying out at the pool or the beach, romantic evenings dancing under the stars. But for those of us at middle age who are a little or perhaps a whole lot overweight and out of shape, summer isn't such a great time, is it? It's so much harder to hide those extra pounds when they're not covered with a sweater, a sweatshirt, perhaps a parka, and other heavy winter clothes. And I know for me it's not so great to be seen by others in a T-shirt and shorts, and God knows how embarrassing it is both for men and women to be seen in a bathing suit. <laughs> and so why don't we just take control and uh, end our misery and lose some weight starting today? If only weight loss were that easy. As my next guest, Mary Prenan, puts it, losing weight and getting fit seems so simple when you think about it, but if it really were, why in America do we have a multi-billion dollar diet, exercise, and weight loss industry? And the good news, Mary was able to lose 50 pounds, but the bad news, it took her a full 19 years of effort to accomplish it. And uh, she's here today to uh, tell how she eventually lost the weight, and she not only has lost it, but she's written a book about her struggles and her successes with the intriguing title, I'm Lazy and I Love to Eat. And she's here to talk about it today, along with some helpful hints on diet and exercise and how to stay motivated even on those days when the scale tells you you're not making much progress. And here's Mary Brennan's bio. After receiving a Bachelor of Arts, she launched her career as a broadcast reporter, radio show host, and news anchor in suburban New York City. And she then switched to print reporting and over her career has written nearly 1,000 newspaper and magazine articles. And she currently serves as communication director for the Realtor Association in Hudson Valley, New York. And I'm Lazy and I Love to Eat is her first, hopefully not her last book. And hello, Mary Prenan, and welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. Hello, and thank you so much for having me on your show. I really appreciate that. Well, I observed from the videos contained on your Facebook page that you certainly don't appear to be lazy, as several of them <laughs> were shot at a wellness club gym, and you were on exercise machines. How long yes. have you been exercising at the gym? How often and how long uh, each visit? Well, you know, I, I try to go. I work full-time, so I try to go every day after work because yeah. I found if I go home first, I'm not going to go back out again. Yeah. So that's, that's number one secret. If you go to a gym, or, and you don't have to join a gym. You could just go for a walk or just make some commitment to do some type of moving, if you like riding a bike or swimming or playing some type of sports. Just, you know, make a commitment to doing it, but don't go home first. Yeah, don't that's sell deadly. in front of that TV set. <laughs> no, <laughs> in that no. especially in the winter, because New York has some brutal winters. Yeah. And you know, if you go home first, I guarantee you're not going back out again. Yeah, we have that problem here in Iowa as well. Well, mm. in your book, mm-hmm. you reveal that you packed a maximum 210 pounds on your five foot eight inch frame. Were you always heavy as a child in your early twenties? Uh, or did no. significant weight gain begin later? And what what if, uh, what do you think caused that that weight to sneak up on you? Did it come all at once, or how did that no, occur? No, you know I was skinny as a kid. I was oh. really skinny, 
and all throughout um, high school I was skinny, and even in my 20s. And I think, you know, it's like everybody has a similar experience. Like life kind of takes its toll. When you turn 30, you start to notice like a little bit more, and you go, oh, okay, well, that's not so bad. And then 40, eh, maybe a little bit more. And then by the time I was 50, I said, oh, my gosh, what happened? And then it's easy when you're in your 50s to have an excuse that, uh, you know, you're just too busy with your career, the family, whatever, and you don't have time to to exercise. (laughs) Well, the thing is, yeah, I mean, the thing that took me, why it took me 19 years was because I kept yo-yoing, which a lot of people do, and I would gain and lose the same 20 pounds, like year, year after year. And what finally got me on the right track was finding a gym that I actually liked going to, um, oh, yeah. which was a small gym at a local hospital. And I went there, and the people were friendly, and it was, you know, never that crowded. And I enjoyed the socializing part of it, which made me say, oh, okay, well, you know, I'm here talking to so-and-so. I might as well get on the treadmill while I'm here, or I might as well, you know, try the elliptical machine. And it, it made it more of like instead of dreading going to the gym, I kind of looked forward to it because yeah. I was going to see people that I met. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. How did you find that gym? I mean, you know, we all, we in our neighborhood, we have about five new gyms around and from a little storefront thing to a giant, gigantic deal. <laughs> and we have the, this YMCA program that... Uh, you supposedly need to consult a physician to use that, but the, how did you find that gym that was was so? Compatible? Actually, uh, it was one of my neighbors that told me about that. I had belonged to gyms, you know, as long as I can remember, and a lot of times, you know, you go and you have these great ambitions, and then you know, life gets in the way. But a lot of times, you go and you feel like I did. I felt intimidated because the people there were already in shape. And, you know, they were these big gyms, and a lot of times the people weren't friendly, and you didn't yeah. feel like you were welcome, so then you would stop going. And then you yeah, would didn't you go to, to another that, one, and, you know. Meet that guy or that gal, you know, jogging about 500 laps around in perfect yeah. shape. <laughs> Those beautiful What's legs. that about? <laughs> a flat stomach. <laughs> yeah. And, but, but, you know, one thing that I really wanted to mention is that, you know, I want to let people know that it's it's okay, even if you're overweight, to feel good about yourself. Because the yeah. mistake that I made was constantly beating myself up and 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 feeling down about myself. Oh, you know, I I I didn't do well, or I didn't go to the gym today. I didn't lose the weight, and I looked terrible. But you, you know, now looking back, that was part of my problem because you're just depressing yourself, and then you end up not wanting to do anything. So yeah. it's okay to feel great about yourself no matter what shape you're in. I love in your book's preface, you inform readers that it's impossible to fail at weight loss if you continually uh, keep three words in mind. And what are those three words? Never give up. (laughs) Sounds a little (laughs) like Winston Churchill. (laughs) Never give up, never surrender, right? Yeah, like like you say, you never really fail unless you give up and stop trying because... uh, you know, you may modify, but as long as you have your goal in mind and uh, and keep at it, you're not really failing, and you don't need to exactly. feel down in the dumps about it. But uh, 
And an, another thing that really helped me a lot, ironically, I was um, I was diagnosed a few years back with AFib, atrial fibrillation, oh. which it's like an irregular, uh, excuse me, irregular heartbeat. Yeah. And what was triggering it for me was high sodium diet. So I work with my cardiologist, and I'm treating it now with, you know, diet. And I got rid of, you know, all of the, I I started reading labels and watching the sodium. And once I combined working out with a low-sodium diet, for the first time in my life, I saw a significant weight loss. And I said, wow, I I think there's something to this, you know. Once you got into that gym and the the good diet, how long did it actually take you to lose the the 50 pounds once you got serious about it? Probably when I got really serious about it, I I would say probably like a year and a half, maybe close to two years. And, you know, I mean, every day is a struggle. I'm on vacation now in Cape Cod. So I, you know, I've been eating a lot of things I shouldn't this week, but I know that once I get back home, I'm going to get back on that horse again and and get to the gym every day and do my walks. And, um, you know, if it's too hot out, sometimes I just go to the mall and I walk around the mall. There's nothing wrong with that. We have lots of mall walkers around here. (laughs) But I tell people, don't take your credit card with you because (laughs) you will buy something. (laughs) You're supposed to be more. Walking, not uh, window shopping. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> well, this sounds intriguing. You tell us that you were able to use humor to transform workouts, make healthier food choices, and get in shape. And most folks, including me, are very sensitive about our weight. How in the world right. were you able to joke with overweight friends about being featured at a whaling museum, as you put it, <laughs> or being hired as the next Goodyear blimp? Does insulting yourself regarding your weight actually make you try harder to lose it? How did that work? Well, you know, lose trying to lose weight, as, and, and I know this, can be very depressing. You know, you look in the mirror, you're not happy, you look at TV, all you see is skinny people. And, I mean, that's not really life. That's, you know, Hollywood. So, you know, for me, it was trying to get out of this negative mind frame. So, you you know, you joke about it, and it's funny. And, yeah, you do need to lose weight, but let's not be so negative and so down in the dumps about it. Let's, let's joke about it. I mean... One of the things that was really funny, I had joined a, a one of these weight loss centers that I think are now out of business, and it was wedged right in between um, a Boston chicken market and a, a pastry shop. Oh, great. <laughs> and that's funny. <laughs> that's really funny. You no, know, I had a good workout. Now I deserve a donut or two. <laughs> yeah. But once you once you start turning it around, and I mean, believe me, I had many sad days. I had many days when, I, you know, you're crying, you're, oh, my God, what's wrong with me? But once you turn it around and you can laugh at yourself, and you, you it automatically changes your frame of mind so that you're like, okay, well, I screwed up today, but you know what? There's tomorrow. And oh, you have so you just approach it with a different uh, feeling. Yeah, that's great. Well, here's a $64,000 question for a lot of us. Once we okay. attain our targeted weight, how do we keep it off and avoid that yo-yo? Uh, do you uh, need? Do we need to continue the rigorous diet and exercise program for the rest of our lives? And once you're in a maintenance mode, uh, can you slack off a bit? And how easy has it been for you to maintain your weight at around 160? And how how mm-hmm. should we try to do that? You well, the good news is yes, you can slack off because 
Um, I, you know, for the most part, I I try to follow like the healthy eating um, plan. But on the weekends, maybe if I want a bagel, I'm going to have a bagel. If I want a piece of cake, I'm going to have a piece of cake. Because, you know, you have to remember life is short and you can't constantly be denying yourself. So, you know, if you say, okay, Saturday is going to be the day or Friday night is going to be the, the night that I'm going to eat, you know, what I want, and then and then get right back on track. And one of the things that helps me a lot is it's a free app on your phone. It's called MyFitnessPal, oh. and it will track your calories. It will track your sodium, your sugar, and it will let you know when you're getting close to your, you know, your levels. But it's I know it's probably, if you're, if you're like a lot of people, over time your whole lifestyle and outlook changes and things like donuts and some of these other horrendous foods that you used to like aren't that enjoyable to you, I wouldn't think. But, uh, once you no, they're not. Them. They're not. And, you know, I go to a lot of events, um, evening events for my job, yeah. and they always have the fried foods, you know, the fried buffalo wings, the fried yeah. mozzarella. And in the beginning, you know, I'll tell you honestly, it was difficult for me to not eat that. But now, after having you know, eating healthy for so many years, I don't even crave it anymore. I don't even mm. want it. I look at it and go, ew, you know, <laughs> just, doesn't anybody have a plate of vegetables for me to eat? And if I'm really hungry, I'll bring like, um, you know, some nuts with me or a protein yeah. bar or something so that I won't feel like I'm starving if everybody else is eating, you know. Well, let's talk about a bit about your claimed 2018 book, I'm Lazy and I Love to Eat. Uh, in the back cover of the book, you list six objectives your book will help readers accomplish. Can you please run through a few of these? And I thought they were great on, on the cover there. Sure. Um, well, you know, one of the first things that I always tell people is no matter what, you know, where you're starting, the most important thing is just move every day. Just yeah. move. You don't have to join a gym. You can just go out. Take a walk around the block because once you start your body moving, it's going to put you in a better mood. When you're in a better mood, then you're better able to make healthier eating choices, and that's the next thing, make healthier choices. You know, go to the store. I spend, you know, when I first started really reading labels, I spent a lot of time at the grocery store, and I'm reading everything. But then once you know what brands you want, then you can, you know, you can pick them easily. Um, and as far as staying motivated, yeah, I mean, it gets difficult, but, you know, you always have to think positive. Think of something funny. You know, try to try to keep a good, happy frame of mind because that's going to be better for you any day than, than feeling depressed about yourself. And there's nothing wrong. Hey, you know what? N- not everybody's going to be a size two. I'll never be a size two. But it's it's okay. It's okay. You just want to be healthy. My main motivation was health. I wanted to have normal blood pressure. I was able to get off my cholesterol meds. And, you know, I I want to be healthy as as we age. And you don't have to model yourself after every uh, person you see on TV in the ads or or Marie Osmond or somebody like that. (laughs) Yeah, and you know what? I mean, you look at magazines, too, and you wonder, is that real or is it airbrushed? You know yeah. what I mean? It's, we we have this image of a, a perfect, uh, you know, people, and people aren't. If you go to the clothing store, you know, 
most of the size 12s and 14s are, are sold out. Yeah. There's a lot of sizes 4 and 6, so what does that tell you? Yeah, you most mentioned there are very few women in America actually take below a size 10. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, and there's nothing wrong with it. You know, you when I started this, and even my cardiologist said to me, "Look, you're, you know, you're tall, you're, you're big boned." He said it for me. I want you to try for 160, and I did it. And he was so delighted, and he said, "You don't have to lose anymore." And yeah. I said, "Really?" He said, "Yeah, I just want you to maintain it." You know, and and it is it is tough. I have to, you know, you had asked me, "Do you have to do it every day?" Yes, I'm not going to lie, but once your body gets into the routine, you're going to, like I say, my car is like an automatic pilot. It, yeah. it just goes to the gym after work. Yeah, your lifestyle has changed and it becomes the natural yeah. thing to do. And you enjoy it becomes doing as, it. Yeah, it becomes as natural as like brushing your teeth in the yeah. morning, you know. Well, that's great. Well, where's the best place for listeners to go to purchase your book, I'm Lazy and I Love to Eat? They can go. I have a website. It's called LazyLoveToEat.com, and I have, you know, my story on there. I have an excerpt from the book. I have a lot of pictures on there of, of friends. I have some videos, and I also have a Facebook page that's just Lazy Love to Eat, where I post videos about, you know, workouts that I do, or I give some hints about some, you know, nice uh, low-salt, low-sugar, low-carb foods. Yeah, I would highly recommend that website. Some of those videos are very informative. But, uh, oh, thank you. And yeah, I try, you to be, I try to keep it and, funny uh, lazy and light. and love to eat. <laughs> www.facebook.com slash lazy and love to eat. And you'll find that uh, her Facebook page there is it's really. Well, in conclusion, thanks a million, Mary Preenan, for telling us all about your remarkable 19-year battle to lose pounds and how you uh, launched the ultimate effort and succeeded at it once you found a place where you were comfortable and really got in the swing of it. And I guess to best summarize what Mary is suggesting, I'd put it this way. If you're dissatisfied with your present weight, and for certain if you face a weight-related health issue, set a realistic ultimate target weight, then launch a weight and exercise plan that works for you, not too hard but consistent and not too easy, something you actually enjoy doing, probably wise to consult a professional and by all means share your intentions with those folks closest to you they can help and also it's good to have someone else in on your target so you're not just disappointing yourself Mm -hmm. and once launched even in the face of early disappointment modify the tactics but never give up and above all else lighten up be ready to laugh mm-hmm. at yourself, mistakes you make, and numerous situations you encounter along the way, like that uh, pastry shop <laughs> next to your gym. <laughs> and, in- and incidentally, that place went out of business. So. <laughs> <laughs> you probably quit going there, and <laughs> all the people at the health club drove it out of business. But And at the same time, remain certain of your ultimate success, because you can't fail unless you give up. And I'm willing to bet, and Mary Preenan probably would too, that you'll reach your ultimate weight goal in far less than the 19 years it took her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, for a humorous engagement yet immensely helpful guide, I highly recommend you preview and purchase Mary Preenan's book, Lazy and Love to Eat. And the best part of her book is not written by some medical pro, a nutritionist, or exercise coach, 
but by a middle-aged person like you and me who's been there and done that, taken off 50 pounds of unwanted weight and now feels better and uh, has a much uh, more favorable lifestyle than she did before. And uh, thank you so much, Mary Freeman, for uh, joining us. Continued success with your book and with all that you do. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure talking to you. And thanks to all of you out there for listening. Tune in again next week for Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. Bye for now. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his Middle Age Renewal Training System by visiting his website, middleagerenewal.com. 